0: This is the Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest, a free for all forum with faith community leaders wrestling over the truth. Hoo-ah. In less than one half hour, learn more about what really matters than what most others learn in a week. Hoo-ah. The Faith Debate is on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com. Keyword faith. Are you ready for the clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble in this corner, weighing in with a Master of Divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the Faith Debate Master of Ceremonies, oh, yeah, <laughs> Troy Skinner. Thank you again. I appreciate so much when you spend part of your Sunday morning with us here on WFMD for the Faith Debate, or if you're listening on podcast later, appreciate that as well. Have an interesting show for you today. There's going to be a couple of random stray thoughts left over from the last couple of weeks that we're going to squeeze in. And then I'm going to have a couple of minutes talking about your dog and its health, believe it or not, just a... a little random PSA for you. We're going to spend a bulk of our time talking about Advent season. I know it's the middle of summer, but uh, all the different traditions and where they come from, why we do them, do they connect with uh, biblical reality in any way, shape, or form. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then at the very end of the program, uh, we're going to have some time for a, uh, a special word, a special announcement for you. So hopefully you'll be still listening at that point to hear that. So I would uh, appreciate if you uh, if you take it all in. Um, and if, if you can't totally understand, you're forgiven. I'm joking. It's not a sin not to listen to the Faith Debate. Um, you can follow us. So I mentioned the podcast. You can find all our podcasts at WFMD.com. Uh, go to the Faith Debate page. That's one place you can find the podcast. You can also go to the Audio Vault section of the website. That's uh, another way to, uh, to to get all the, uh, the information that you need for the podcast. Um, and you can follow me personally if you like. You can connect with me on social media. You can connect with the station on social media, of course. WFMD has a Facebook page, and I have a Facebook page, and I have a whole bunch of other social media, actually, that I use even more than Facebook. And if you'd like to connect with all of those, the easiest way probably is just to go to householdoffaithinchrist.com. I know it's a lot of words, but hopefully it'll kind of stick in your head. It's the name of the church that I pastor, Household of Faith in Christ, right? Household of Faith in what? In Christ, House, householdoffaithinchrist.com is the website. So again, it's a bit of a potpourri here for a little bit, although the lion's share, probably half, more than half of the show uh, will end up being about the uh, uh, about Advent season and all that sort of thing. So um, I forgot to get something queued up, so I'm a little bit distracted, but I'm going to get this figured out. And we'll get started here in two seconds. So I hope you enjoy the show. And then I'm going to share with you some words about an article that was uh, just recently uh, published by the Gospel Coalition about the Great Reset. And uh, I have words of warning, not just about the Great Reset, but actually about the Gospel Coalition. So there's uh, striking uh, words to say. And then we're going to, last year when I was uh, pastor of a different church than the Household of Faith in Christ, I um, I did something uh, with the, the congregation, talked about the the conventions and the traditions that we associate with the Advent season and talked about them and talked about why we do or don't do certain things and it seemed to be relatively well received so I'm gonna revisit some of that stuff tonight as well to get us into the holiday Christmas spirit so um, by the way uh, she's kind of a cameo uh, character in the uh, videos on Household of Faith in Christ you've seen our dog Angel occasionally wandering through and just like a, a word for pet owners, dog owners angel had uh, we were pretty convinced now she had a, a a stroke or actually a series of strokes on monday and it was not looking good and uh, we had three people within about a day and a half uh, say oh would you like us to take her to the vet for you to have her put down you really should put her down you shouldn't be selfish and we're like well let's kind of see how this plays out as it turns out dogs have a very high success rate of recovering from strokes so if you have a dog that has a stroke the, 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 the day of and the day after they can be emotionally uh, difficult if not devastating in some ways uh, but don't necessarily automatically put the dog down see if you can get through it and you know here we are on the other side of it and she's not a hundred percent herself yet but man Uh, it looks like she's doing okay and hopefully she'll do okay for many months, perhaps even years to come. We'll see. But anyway, so just a little word there, a word of, of warning, don't take the advice of your friends to have your dog put down too quickly. All right. So now for some fun stuff, um, advent wreaths and candles and, uh, you know, the history and tradition of, of different things that, that we were involved. I talked about this uh, last year uh, in a sanctuary uh, with a church that I was pastoring. I was talking about why I'm not a fan of bringing some of these elements into the worship service because the Bible doesn't have any mention of advent wreaths or the lighting of advent candles inside of a worship service. Uh, it doesn't talk about you know decorated evergreen trees uh, and so doing those sorts of things inside of a sanctuary uh, making them part of the worship experience uh, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's concerning to me at a, at a certain level. Outside of a worship concept, if it helps you to understand, gives you object, le- object lessons for teaching about Jesus and, and, and the miracle of his advent, and, and, uh, and the hope and the and the, assured, the assurance of hope of his second advent coming, if you can use them. You know, my daughter, remember during Halloween, you know, we would, we would carve a, a pumpkin but we'd use it as an object lesson to to, talk, to, to, to teach about Jesus Christ in the gospel. So if you can use these traditional tools in a way that can say, hey, the world's doing all these things, and you know, maybe by accident, the world's helping us to know something about Jesus. So every time you see a jack-o'-lantern, think about these things and replace the negative, worldly, evil stuff with a gospel-centered thing. So if you can do that with some of these Advent traditions, that's not a bad thing. Advent. Not everybody knows, so Advent means arrival or coming. Um, It's an English uh, translation of the Greek word parousia, perhaps you've, or or, or parousia, some people pronounce it, so maybe you've heard that word before. Uh, Traditions vary by country, so the way we do Christmas and during Advent season here, it's not the same everywhere, but uh, if you've been going to church for any length of time, you know, with a traditional setting, and you've probably seen you have know, advent wreaths and candles, you might have an advent can- calendar in your home and that sort of thing. So what's the history on some of this stuff? Well, the history for most of this goes back to uh, the fourth century, that would be the 300s AD. So it's been around a long time, but it doesn't go back to the very beginning. I want you to make note of that. Um, at these advent traditions Advent season traditionally, originally a time uh, of fasting and prayer, for new believers, that's not our tradition anymore. I don't think. In fact, we're gluttons this time of the year. We stuff ourselves with food. We don't fast and and pray. Uh, and then gradually, that those traditions uh, developed and, and kind of became a season that stretched out uh, across the uh, what we now kind of recognize as season, the season—the four Sundays that lead up to Christmas. Uh, we tend to think of Advent season as merely symbolizing Christ's birth, but when thought about properly, it also points to Christ's final return, or what we call the second advent. So the advent wreath. Historians tell us that the first advent wreath appeared in Germany in 1839. Apparently they know this. Uh, So that's less than 200 years ago. So it's clearly not a biblical tradition. (laughs) It's not 2,000 years old. It's 200 years old. It was a Lutheran minister, apparently, who created a a wreath out of a... uh, uh, out of the wheel of a cart and he placed 20 small red candles and 4 large white candles inside the ring and that was the first wreath um, over time the wreaths became uh, made out of uh, evergreens we now will teach in a, as an object lesson, well the evergreen symbolizes everlasting life and you have everlasting life in Jesus Christ, in the shape of the circle we can use that as an object lesson to say this is a, re- a reminder of God's unending love and also the unending eternal life that he grants to his people um, and the light of the candles you can use that as an object lesson that jesus he is the light of the world um, you know the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it um, and a lot of the advent wreaths will have red berries peppered within them and you can use that as an object lesson say well those red berries they symbolize the, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his bloody, his bloody death, the shedding of his blood for the remission of our sins. And then sometimes there are pine cones that are added into the advent wreath and you can use that as an object lesson, uh, as a symbol for new life because those, those, those pine cones have seeds and they spawn new life. Uh, of course, new life is brought uh, by Jesus through his resurrection um the most common advent candle tradition there some of them have a whole bunch of candles on them but the most common tradition involves four candles around the outside of the wreath, and then one candle in the middle uh typically there's one candle lit on each of the four sundays leading up to christmas and then on christmas day the middle candle is lit uh usually the the, the candles on the outside are uh, um, are purple or or blue with one being kind of a pink or rose color um the purple usually has to do with the church whatever our denominations uh traditional vestment colors are so if 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 a church has purple vestments their candles are purple if they have blue vestments their candles are blue um but, uh, but you can also have an object lesson there because blue and particularly purple, uh, the color of royalty and Jesus Christ is our king, the coming king. Um, the first candle is called the, uh, is the hope candle, sometimes called the, the prophet's candle. Um, the second candle, the faith candle or the Bethlehem candle, of course the Messiah born in Bethlehem. Um, the third candle, the joy candle or the shepherd's candle uh he is of course the, the great shepherd and the fourth candle is the peace candle sometimes called the angels candle yeah candle named after the angel um and of course he is the prince of peace and so again all these things you can use them for object lessons again i'm not a fan of using them inside of a worship service but if you have them in your home or something these are things you can teach your kids around and then the fifth candle uh is, is a almost always a white candle representing a light and purity it's called the christ candle and of course he is he is uh he is light he is purity uh and and the white candle can also symbolize the victory so some other advent traditions uh in the east uh churches participate in the nativity by fasting going back to the old tradition from a long time ago so you have eastern orthodox friends they they they're most of them they are faithful in they in practicing the traditions they're fasting right now they've been fasting since the middle of november um if you have an advent can uh calendar in your home well apparently the first of the advent calendars is just a little over 100 years old 1908 the first advent calendar a german guy uh did, let's see his mom she sewed 24 cookies onto a lid of a box, and then she let him uh, eat one cookie a day leading up to Christmas, and this gave him the idea to create a calendar uh, that we now call the Advent calendar. Christmas trees. Well, they're green like the Advents, representing everlasting life. I think a lot of people know the Christmas trees that that we think about in our traditions now the Tannenbaum with German descent and German history behind them. But actually using evergreens uh, and and wreaths and green garlands and things like that to symbolize eternal life uh, in some sort of a religious custom, that goes all the way back to the ancient Egyptians, the ancient Chinese did it, Um, and even the ancient Hebrews, some historical sources will tell us. So it's not a distinctly Christian practice by any means. And also, I wanna be aware of this in our current culture, but tree worship was common among the pagans in Europe. And that's actually where we get our tradition. They were worshiping, the pagans were worshiping these trees and they were doing it during this time of the year. And Christianity moved in, they co-opted those pagan traditions and repurposed them to use them as object lessons to point people to Christ. Um, Let's see. And so the first trees, they had apples hung on them. Now we have ornaments. Um, actually, they had these evergreens near, near the entrance of the house mostly. Sometimes they'd bring them into the house, but they would put apples and then candles on them. There was a fire hazard involved. And so not all the trees were in the house. And so they also had these, these uh, uh, and they would call them paradise trees, by the way. So it was supposed to, rep- the apples were on there representing the, the Garden of Eden. Uh, and that sort of a thing. And they would hang other food, wafers, different things like that. So that's where the ornament uh, idea comes from. And the wafers were meant to represent the Eucharist because there's strong Roman Catholic tradition um, at the time. Um, and then they also had these Christmas pyramids in their house, particularly if they had the trees outside their house, I guess. They, would, they had like this Christmas pyramid and they would decorate the Christmas uh, pyramid. Uh, it, it, it was a shelving unit and on the shelf, uh, shaped like a pyramid, and they would put candles or different greenery on the top of the pyramid, they would put a star. Well, eventually the Christmas pyramid and the paradise tree merged into one tradition. And so that's why we have uh, the stars on the top of our, that's how we came about to have the stars on the top of our trees. Um, by the way, that merging of the paradise of the, uh, of the Christmas pyramid and the Christmas tree into one thing, that's only about five hundred years old. So the first fifteen hundred years of Christianity, these sorts of traditions did not exist, uh, for the most part. Um, and then the way we decorate now, and the tinsel, and some people popcorn around their Christmas trees. You've probably seen that, and and uh, decorating the tree with toys, and, and putting gifts around the tree, and and, uh, and and those sorts of things. Or you've seen people put like the the. the uh, they, they cut out paper figurines and they draped their trees in and, and paper figurines and stuff. Where do those traditions come from? That's the English tradition. So when, the, when uh, Prince Albert, who was German, married queen, queen Victoria, who was the queen of Britain, and he was living with the queen in England, and he brought his German traditions to England with the, the, the Christmas tree, and they, they added English touches, and that's pretty much the tradition that got brought to America. The first uh, blown glass ornaments, which are very popular these days, uh, they first came into existence about 150 years ago. So that's a pretty new idea. And then the idea of, uh, of uh, artificial trees, plastic trees, that sort of stuff, that's within the last 100 years. Actually, plastic trees is really within the last 50 or so years. So the reason I share a lot of that is one, it's helpful to have some of that information but I don't want us to get hung up on these relatively modern um, and romance uh, era uh, um, traditions and make the, the the Advent season all about that. It's gotten so bad now that you, know, you drive around and you see people have their houses all lit up and decorated and they've got a billion lights and they've got a Santa Claus and they've got a snowman and they've got a reindeer and they've got... Uh, uh, what's that that guy's name from uh, Frozen? Olaf. Oh. Olaf. <laughs> yeah, they got all that sort of stuff uh, in their yard, and no manger scenes, <laughs> no cross, no no anything that would suggest it's Christian. It's just the winter holiday, and so we, we want to be careful that we don't make uh, the reason for the season something other than Christ. Um, and let's not get hung up on, on that necessarily either. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly when Jesus was born. To be honest, it's unlikely that Jesus was born in December. <laughs> but uh, it's okay to draw attention to Christ's birth. We should definitely be doing that, uh, in recognizing that his coming is of huge importance. And uh, so not opposed to, to having the traditions, not opposed to having these things in your house. Don't misunderstand me. Just be careful how far we take it. And be careful of what's called syncretism, where you blend Christian things with worldly things so much that you lose the Christian things. And the secular wins out, it swallows up the Christian. So just be careful about that. Well, there's all of the traditions that we tend to hold near and dear have nothing to do with Jesus on their face. We can again we can use them for object lessons, but There's, you know, we're dreaming of a white Christmas. Well, there wasn't a white Christmas (laughs) in Israel uh, when Christ was born. Uh, So that whole idea. So all these these ideas, what we think about Christmas, that's not really what it's about. If we're not careful, they can become distractions from what it's supposed to really be focused on. So I pray. But the seminaries, too. Uh, the faithful seminaries, they're going to start having classes on, you know, the uh, the social justice warrior movement within the church, the woke church movement. The social justice movement is a fake gospel is what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. so dangerous. And too many of the seminaries. All right. So that's going to be the wrap up of, um, of this episode of the show. Other than I, I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, I had an announcement and this, this, uh, this program, by the way, that I put, just put on for you, it's, it's, it's repurposed. It's obviously from this past uh, Christmas season. And as I listen back to it, I'm not sure that it plays quite as well um, on the radio as I would have liked. But hopefully there's some good nuggets in there that are helpful to you. And it can get your head on straight when it comes time for the next Advent season to be thinking about it properly. If you're a Christian, the way the Bible would have you think about it. So I mentioned at the start of today's show that I had an announcement for you and... Um, I'm not sure exactly the best way to do this because there are some things that are up in the air. So I'm going to have to be a little bit ambivalent, unfortunately, but I do want to give you a heads up. 20 years ago this summer, um, my family and I moved um, to Frederick. We were not, uh, from outside of Maryland. We were never Marylanders. And we moved into Frederick. And from right from the start, I started working at WFRE and WFMD. Some of you who listen to this show for a while, you know that um, I make my living or have for the last 20 years, made my living working here at uh, WFMD and WFRE, selling advertising to some of our, you know, very valuable local businesses who are are growing and providing an employment base uh, for our community, helping to grow and build the economy and all that sort of thing. It's been my pleasure to do that for 20 years. And that has drawn to a close. Uh, I've decided that I need to move on to some other things. I need to spend more. I have a, an adult special needs son who requires quite a bit more attention and care than uh, than we're able to give uh, living a more traditional kind of a life. So that's a big part of the motivation. And another part of it is that uh, um, I'm I'm doing this church thing, you know? I don't want to make it all about that, make it like a promo for the church or anything like that, but... You know, I'm pastoring a church, household of faith in Christ, and I I feel like uh, we can make a better go of it if I put a little more time and energy into that. So that's part of the motivation, too. And there's some other things, some personal things and whatever, but those are two of the really big ones. Why do I mention all this? Well, the uh, very gracious ownership and management of WFMD has allowed me for the last 17 years to do the faith debate show here on WFMD on Sunday mornings originally we were on i think at six o'clock in the morning from six to six thirty and then we for a long time were on from eight thirty to nine and uh, now of course we're on from nine to nine thirty on sundays and john Schweitzer has been my partner on a lot of those shows uh, probably i don't know 70 percent of the shows maybe jonathan was a part of and so a uh, shout out to uh, my good friend john um and now we've got this weird thing where we've been in lockdown doing a lot of repurposed audio uh, and the Faith debate hasn't been a panel discussion show uh, as regularly as it normally would be for the past year. And uh, I think we're at the, at the cusp now of being able to turn the corner and get back to doing that and having in-studio guests and uh, tackling tough spiritual and faith-related issues and going back and forth. And if it's two Christians, Christians being iron sharpening iron and all that sort of thing. And if it's a Christian and a you know non-Christian guest, well, then comparing the faiths and, and going at it, explaining why we believe what we believe and trying to point out you know errors or inadequacies of the other person's belief. That's the spirit of the, what this show has been about for 17 years. But I'm not sure if we're going to get back into doing that or not uh, because of the transition that I'm in. Uh, they've allowed me, again, the, the gracious ownership and management of the radio station has allowed me to do this show for more than a decade and a half. And uh, it was never uh, said that it was conditioned upon me being an employee of the radio station. But, you know, part of me feels like, you know, that's probably part of it anyway. You know, hey, you you work here. You're part of the team. You're, you're an important part of the team. Hopefully they thought that. So and you have this idea for a show that we think might be a good thing, a good addition to the weekend lineup on WFMD. So, yeah, you can do that. Whether or not I'll be allowed to continue to do that, uh, not being an employee of the radio station, I'm not sure. And uh, no hard feelings if that's not the case. So I don't want you to, uh, to get the wrong under, uh, understanding of why I'm bringing this up. So if I'm allowed to continue to do the show, then next week we'll be back at this same time, unless, you know, they, they reconfigure where the show gets placed. But I would anticipate it be at the same time and continue to be a weekly feature on WFMD. And, uh, and with the podcast available at WFMD.com and on the Facebook page for WFMD. But it's also possible that they're not going to allow that. And why don't I know? Well, it's no secret we record this show in advance because people that uh, would be guests on this show, and including myself, I tend to be a little busy on Sunday mornings, so to do it live on a Sunday morning is tough. And we have a habit of recording well in advance so that if life circumstances or things happen and get in the way, that we don't have to be sweating bullets like, oh my gosh, we don't have a show to put on the air this weekend. So we record well in advance. So uh, as I'm speaking these words, I'm still employed by the radio station, but by the time you hear them, I won't be. So just in case this is the final show and it's a flip of a coin. And I'm fine either way. Again, if you love the show, and I hope you do, I'm not saying that you should or that you do, but in case you do, hopefully, you know, you'll you'll miss it to some degree and you can continue to listen to podcasts and, and maybe follow other things that I'm doing to get that fix. Um, but if it's if it's gone, it's gone and it's been a wonderful run and a wonderful season. And if it continues, well, what a blessing and a thrill and a treat that is. So we'll find out together (laughs) soon enough. But if this is the last show, I just want to say your support, uh, it's not unusual. I'm probably not supposed to talk about the ratings too much, but it's not unusual for uh, when the ratings come out for this show to do exceptionally well compared to other programs that are on uh, at similar times and, uh, and around it in the program schedule and that sort of thing. And that's because of you. Um, And and because of that, I've been allowed to continue to do it because it was an abject ratings failure. No matter how good of an employee I might have thought I was, they weren't going to let me continue to do it. So I want to thank you so much. Hopefully we're back next week. But if not, it's been an absolute treat talking to you all these years. May God continue to bless you and uh, show his favor to you and bring you a life filled with shalom. Follow us online, WFMD.com. Go to the Faith Bay page there, and if you want to follow me personally, you can go to the uh, Household of Faith in Christ website. It's householdoffaithinchrist.com, householdoffaithinchrist.com. That's my website for connecting with me personally and all my social media. Until next time, God bless.